1: Trojan fans, welcome to the Peristyle Podcast on a Tuesday, talking to USC Trojan football with the coach Harvey Hyde. He's been covering the Trojans analyzing the Trojans for many, many years. And been here with on the podcast for 10 years, which is crazy. If you have any questions or comments for us, we're keeping it rolling through the offseason, heading into the, the summer workouts, graduation, all that kind of stuff. And then, of course, fall camp podcast at USC Football. Dot com. That is our email address. Or if you would like to call and leave a voicemail or send us a text, we've been getting a bunch of those. The number is 424-254-9141. Please subscribe on iTunes. We have our own URL there, iTunes.com slash Podcast. Leave us a positive review. Leave us a five-star rating. We love all that kind of stuff. And you can find the Peristyle Podcast anywhere podcasts are found. If you're, if you're found somewhere, you're listening to a podcast app and we're not on there. Just let me know. We'll make sure we get there. But we're pretty much everywhere. have been doing this, like I said, for 10 years. Keep it rolling along. Should be a very interesting 2018 season. we got a few months to talk about getting ready for that with the coach, Harvey Hyde. What is up, coach? How are you
0: doing? Well, it's game day. Every day is game day. So uh, here we go again. At the end of the day, you always look and say, did we get better or did we accomplish our goals or did we win or lose today? So here we go, Ryan.
1: I don't know. Hopefully, we got a winter day today, Coach. I'm ready. I'm ready for a good day. Um, before we jump in, and I got an interesting topic for you today. Some questions, and 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 one of the questions leading to what the main theme of today's show is going to be. Uh, I want to thank our sponsor, Southern California Tickets. You want to go? Maybe, hey, maybe you want to go out to Vegas and see the uh, Vegas Golden Knights, who are just crushing it in the Stanley Cup playoffs. My Penguins lost, unfortunately, but you know we won two cups in a row, so I was pretty happy about that. But go to sctickets.com. If you need tickets for anything, it doesn't have to be sports. It could be a, a concert. It could be a play. Or give them a call at 1-800-888-7287. They've been helping us for about 10 years now. And if you'd like to go check something out, you want to go see some baseball, lots of baseball going across the country, uh, getting down to the nitty-gritty in the, the Stanley Cup playoffs. The, the NBA playoffs will take a little bit longer. No L.A. teams in any of those. But um, they've got some baseball here locally. Go to sctickets.com, and they will help you out.
0: Thank you very much. And by the way, the diamond or not the diamond, the Golden Knights. Uh, you know, I spend a lot of time in Vegas. Can you believe they have sold out next season already? Really? Yep. And they raised the prices even, and people didn't even care. You no. can't get a ticket. The average price of a ticket now there is three hundred twenty eight dollars a ticket.
1: Wow! For the first year, I mean, I, they have a really good chance to win the cup. And I'm I'm not an expert in how the expansion draft went. I see a lot of criticism, and it seems like. You know, maybe they gave him a little too <laughs> a little too much. It seemed like it worked out well. Not that the the Vegas Golden Knights general, you know, uh manager and everyone made great decisions, but it seemed like it was set up, you know, where it was gonna be a little bit better uh for them. Obviously they've it's worked out really well. They have a good great chance to win the cup the way they're playing right now. But Vegas just proves to me, coach, it's a it's a really good sports city. I mean, when the Raiders get there, you know that's gonna be popular. Um, you know, how they've embraced the Vegas Golden Knights. I mean, they're so Uh, So much fun watching sports in Vegas, but you're usually watching other teams. Except you know, back in your day, with when UNLV was big, but now having a professional team there and another one coming, it just seems like this is a town that's been ready for something like this for quite a while.
0: I I really agree with you. I tell you, it sort of reminds me. Excuse me, sort of reminds me of the Tarkanian era when every this the Golden Knights were UNLV. I mean, that's the way it was. I mean, all the bank tellers, everybody wore a Rebel jersey on the day of the game, no matter where you were. And, you know, the whole city is on whether you win or lose and everything you do there. So if you're going to win in Vegas, people know that if you're a winner, they're going to come and support you. And that's exactly what's happened there. In Their first year has just taken over Las Vegas, overwhelmed them, a beautiful arena, a beautiful opening and closing and all the things they have the lighting and music and who sings the star Span- spangled banner it just it's unbelievable so uh it that's las vegas but if you don't win in las vegas and your team uh uh just put uh open one gate
1: <laughs> that's la-ish like where la is a you know kind of a front-running city um, if you're not winning, people aren't really going to show up for the sake. But th- you know, the first year, even if the g- Golden Knights were terrible, I think people would have showed up. But now they're really good, and they're they're paying record ticket prices, like you were saying.
0: Yes, it is. It, it's great. They're really on a roll there. It's a, it's an event now. It's not a game in Vegas. It's uh who gets a ticket and who's seen at the game and where do you sit and how did you get those tickets?
1: And USC football used to be an event like that too. Um, you know, the Pete Carroll era. There's other eras too. Uh, celebrities and everyone just, and and I think a lot of the USC fans are uh, really jonesing to get back to days like that coach. And so I think that's where some of the critical questions we've, we've received come in where they just want to see what is ever it takes to get back to that, where it's really a special thing to go to the Coliseum and see it full and, and all that kind of stuff. Um, So this is an interesting topic and Tark always gives us very succinct and And really thoughtful questions. And uh, his question today was, what should USC's identity be this year? And I thought that was interesting. And I thought we could talk about this for a little while. Because uh, on the show that I did on Sunday with Dan Weber. And like like I said, we've kind of mixed it up a little bit. Because if you're following uscfootball.com, the Todd McNair versus NCAA defamation lawsuit has been going on. Today is actually, today's Tuesday, day 15 of the trial. It should go the rest of the week, and I don't think they'll have a a verdict until Monday. At least that's kind of what the schedule is right now. And I actually just put up like a Todd McNair trial central page where we're at every single trial, every day of the trial, uh, notes from every day, uh, videos from every day, videos of the depositions, all that kind of stuff. So we have all that content up on uscfootball.com. You can go check that out part of the show coach when I was talking with Dan at the end about um, USC's identity we had a question about the quarterbacks and it really shouldn't matter that much essentially because this is going to be a run first team and a a defensive led team and my kind of and you know we can get into this a little bit but my thought on that was that's not what USC's identity has really been it hasn't been in their DNA and I get with the you know you have a quarterback that's inexperienced um you might want to go that way but even you know 2 years ago when Sam Darnold was inexperienced they still asked him to to do a lot to me coach this USC teams they they're going to ask a lot of the quarterback and if the quarterback's not that good you're probably the team's probably not going to be that good um i wanted to get your thoughts first on the original question and then we can kind of get into the could it be in USC's DNA to be a run first defensive led team that's not led by the quarterback which we've normally seen but uh it's a lot to to take in there coach but give me your thoughts and we'll kind of go back and forth a little bit
0: well ryan uh uh, i agree with you but it's really hadn't been in their dna as as you said they've spoken about running the football but it's been past the ball and the run comes off of the pass. i really believe that that's been the philosophy there really since pete carroll left Uh, they were they had a two-back offense more at that time and they Decided they wanted to pound it. They could pound the rock with great running backs and play action pass and then throw the ball very well, too. But they sort of got to more of the fancy type of look and not the hammer look and not the hurt you look. uh, As everybody else was doing, and they thought they had to be like everybody else. And you don't have to be like everybody else. You can be, I've always said this on this podcast, everyone, you want everybody to be like you are. And uh, they certainly are the type of program that can do what they want to do if they form that philosophy to do that. So again, it comes back to the question: Is who are they going to be? What is their identity going to be? Uh, Can you believe what they're saying they're going to do because they've obviously been saying this and they haven't done it as we expect it to be as far as the running type of football team that USC has been. So you assume that if they say we're going to run the ball first, as they've been saying that they're going to do that, but You've got to wait and see. It's sort of a wait-and-see attitude on just how much they do that. You know, you've got to remember, too, when you look at USC's quarterbacks, they've selected their quarterbacks. They've recruited the quarterbacks that are there, the two that are there now and JT Daniels who's coming in. So they've tried to select the best quarterbacks that fit what they do. So you can't blame the kids. You've got to say to the kids, hey, you were offered this scholarship, so obviously somebody thought you were pretty good. So, you know, you can't just back off and say these kids can't play because they've selected them as all Gatorade players of the year and everything else to be able to come into USC and play. They've walked from other quarterbacks who have gone other places. So you've got to give uh, some type of thought of, uh, you know, yeah, they're not Sam Darnold, and that's what everybody's trying to compare these kids to, and you can't compare them to that. So you got to be able to put them in a position where they can be successful. You can't say, We're not going to throw the football, but you've got to be able to throw the football. But you've got to put them in a position, too, where they can be successful in throwing the football. And that normally starts with an outstanding running game and the respect of your running game and then play action pass and come along then with other routes and and stretch the defense with counters and different type of things to keep the defense honest where you can be in charge of what you're trying to do on the offensive side of the football. You're not forced to do other things because what they're doing and they're taking away your game. So I think this is what you got to watch and see exactly what happens. And, you know, you see people practice certain things, but then when the game comes, you don't see basically the same, uh, the same thing that the people were talking about. So we'll have to wait and see. But I know they better make a decision quickly and decide who they are and what their identity is. Is it uh, what we just mentioned and you mentioned it and I mentioned it before, win with defense and special teams and don't put your offense – in a very, uh, you know, straight, uh, difficult situation, you can't get behind in games because then you put, uh, you force your quarterback more to have to throw the football and 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 make, make plays. You want to be in every football game. You want to be close in your football games. You, you got to really be good that way. And, and if you do that, you got a chance because you've got, you know, Stanford and Texas early. And if you can get by those teams, which is going to be difficult to do. Uh, then, you know, and, and UNLV is not a gimme because you read it every, or you read it and see it every Saturday that anybody can beat anybody. So you can't look past anybody and you can't say who you're going to be and then don't be it. You got to be who you say you are on Saturday.
1: Yeah, no, I agree with you there, Coach. And uh, I, I think part of the issue, and maybe this is um, where some of the critics of people that are very critical of the program and Clay Hilton and and some of the coaches is, is when he did come in and talk about, uh, you know, being like a power run sort of team. And then they haven't really seen that. Like there was talk and then there was really what was out on the field. Um, and I think when you, this is a really important year, because a lot of the critics are saying that the only reason that this UIC team had success is because of what Sam Darnold did. Um, and now you're looking at, okay, well, if you want to be a run first team, if you want to be a team that's kind of focused more on the defensive side of the football, that's certainly not what they've done in the past. Um, I think some of the critics want to see, okay, this is where real coaching is going to come in. Can you do that? Can you not have a superstar quarterback and still have a successful team? USC usually has more talent than everyone they play, um, and, you know, what we've seen in the spring, we didn't really see a superstar quarterback. Not that they, got, they can't be, but we, we really didn't see that. I'm really curious, though. It, you know, JT Daniels could be that guy. You know, who knows? Like, maybe he steps in, and then the critics are like, ah, you know, he got another superstar quarterback. So maybe that's the key. I don't know. But that's where, like you're talking about, Coach, a lot of the, the fans that have been critical – they're, they say that the, these coaches are just basically relying on the players all the time, and, and I think that's where they have kind of have issues with the way this offense is run and don't believe they could switch focus to being a run-first team or being a team that relies on defense.
0: Well, you know, I, I can see why they say that because of what we're talking about. You know, the entire coaching staff, more or less, except for uh, the new coach who just came in from uh, Michigan, Drebno. Is that the way you pronounce it?
1: With uh, Drevno?
0: Justo, yeah. Tim Drevno, well, you know, yeah. Yeah, they they really haven't <clears> – <throat> they don't know anything else. I mean, this is what they've come up under uh, as far as a player and a coach. So, you know, they. you've got to know what it's all about and how to teach it <clears throat> and how to put it together. So this is something that you're going to have to, you know, uh, you do and, and believe in. You just can't uh, do it just like – over at ucla two years ago when they thought they were going to go to a power running game and they had the worst uh average per carry in the pac 12 and of course then they went and fired palomala i mean you know you gotta you gotta go you gotta go the whole route you can't just talk about it you gotta believe it and the team's got to be understanding what the what the thing is all about and you got to do it now in the spring and practice I saw the same offense, and tell me if I'm wrong, I saw the same exact offense as I've seen the last three or four years. There wasn't anything changed. Once in a while they'd run one play or they'd do this or they'd do that to keep us off their backs or whatever. But I didn't see anything really different. It's the same basic offense as they've been doing the last several years. So, uh, but, you know, we'll see what happens. And sometimes I think they do too much. Because when you do too much, you don't do anything well, so I think that you've got to pick uh, the plays and the series and what you want to accomplish that fits your personnel, and then do that really good, rather than just have so much you don't do anything really good.
1: No, that makes sense. Um, you, you know, you mentioned too the Pete Carroll era about you know going back and two back offenses. That's something that comes up quite a bit. Um, I think you can change. The way the offense, uh, you know, the focus of the offense, but the the way it's set up, the 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 formations. I don't think that's going to change all that much. I mean, I, I don't think you're going to see a lot of two back offenses. That's not something that's been part of their core, you know, competency. So that's not something I see Clay Helton and T. Martin really doing. That would be a pretty big change uh, if they did something like that. But even for the Pete Carroll years, coach you had Reggie Bush and Lendo White and you had a bunch of great running backs and, you know, he always recruited amazing running backs. And it was a team that, you know, could run the ball, uh, you know, certainly when they needed to, but it still still seemed to me, coach, like it was a team that you're always, you know, every one of those quarterbacks got drafted. Um, it was a quarterback kind of driven thing, even though you had amazing players all around you. It wasn't one where you look at like LSU or something where the quarterback's like a liability, like, I just haven't seen a USC team that was going to be able to succeed. It seems like that just would be so different that it's not going to be quarterback-focused. I'm just not sure this is a, a program that could pull that off because that's just not the way they've
0: done it. No, you're exactly right. It, it you know used to be called tailback you, and then it sort of got away from that. And, uh, and they're like everybody else as far as soaring the football. There's very few teams now that really uh, do uh, – uh, what they say. And of course, those are the teams that win every year. If you look at the old school guys, uh, you know exactly who I'm talking about. So you've got to be able to, it comes up with your recruiting, your philosophy, your teaching uh, on the field, your attitude on the field, uh, the uh, your attitude as far as what you expect from your players, uh, as far as all the different things that we have talked about. And by the way, you know, we can talk about that, too, as far as the new rules and the dress of the uniforms that you've heard me complain about the entire last five years we've been doing this. This is all part of what uh, unity is. This is all part of discipline. This is all part of, uh, of doing uh, the little things correctly to make your team uh, the, the pride of your team and the way you execute on and off the field and everything else. So you know, I want I want to be positive on this podcast and say USC has a personal personnel and uh, uh, the ability to win. Uh, but you want to make it easy for yourself as far as
1: who you are
0: and have an identity. And really, as you've been talking about, I don't know what the identity identity has been the last several years. As far as don't talk run if you're not going to run the football. But but I think it's misleading. To all the fans and us who cover USC football, when you say one thing and you don't believe in it, and then you don't do it, or wh- whatever the uh, the program is, but you've had great running backs, and you've proven that. I mean, Ron Jones. I mean, these are these are great players, and uh, you got to take advantage of when you have these type of players. And everybody's understand got to understand they got a role, whether you're a, a receiver or running back or. Like you mentioned, a two-back offense, basically they don't utilize two players in their offense at all, and that's the tight end and the second running back, or the quarterback, who's the second running back. There's always two players that they really don't utilize, and that's the tight end and the quarterback as far as the quarterback being the second running back, but they don't run to keep much. Now in the spring, Matt Fink carried the ball a few times. Now they were called plays. I don't believe they read them. I don't know. I'd have to see the film to be able to make a decision on that. But you 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 limit yourself at times when you shouldn't eliminate yourself. You should decide this is what we're going to do. And but take advantage of the players that are on the field.
1: The uh, the question I have for you, coach, and just from a coaching philosophy, um, or you know a, whatever your strategy is going to be, when you talk about something like this and it's changing the way. Um, you want to do business? Uh, if you're going to talk about this, is not the way we've been, but we're going to try to be a run-first team or focus on defense or whatever. If that's something that's coming out of necessity because of what you're looking at on your roster, and not because that's what you truly believe, it seems like we've probably we've seen like for the first couple of years is probably what you believe in, right? Like it's that's the way you come in, you get a, a dream job, and this is what you're going to come in and, and try to execute. If you have to change that. A couple of years later, because of reasons outside of that's what you your core beliefs are, that that would concern me a little bit. Where if, if it's if it's a move out of that you know you're a change of philosophy because you see college football adapting, and, and you know that'd be one thing. But to do it out of necessity because what you're seeing on the roster would be a little concerning to me.
0: No, you're, you're exactly right. And I tell you, you know, you you got to do what you believe. in. I've always told my coaches who become head coaches, I said, now they hired you for a reason. Make sure you do what you believe in and continue with that. Don't be talked out of doing what you believe in and all of a sudden you don't have a job. If you make a mistake and you get fired, then make it your fault, not somebody else's. And I think that right now, Clay Helton, it feels good about what they're doing. He feels good about their offensive coordinator, their defensive coordinator, or whatever they're doing, and he should. And, you know, you can't always say it's, you know, it's T. Martin's offense, it's Pentegras' defense. Well, what is it? It's not... His this or his that or John Baxter's special teams? It's Clay Helton's football team. You hear him talking about Urban Myers or Nick say whose offense it is or whose defense it is. It's it it's USC's. And this is what people and what Coach Helton has got to believe in in doing it his way. Now we can talk about what we think, and the fans can talk about what they think. But he's got to decide what he does. This is his era. This is his, this is his opportunity to be a USC football coach. So he's got to do it his way. And, of course, we all have our opinions. And when you're ever a head football coach at this level of a university, you're going to work with this. And you're going to hear this because of the great tradition that is there. So, uh, yes, uh, you know, uh, we all have our opinions, and that's all we have. But we all look at ways too of trying to get better, and we hope that that is what they're trying to do too.
1: What? How do you? One last thing on this, at least for me, um, was identity something that was really important to you uh, as a football coach? And do you think that's you know changed over the years? Do you think that teams need to really have an identity, know who you are? Uh, you know, how important is? I know fans can kind of get on that. Quite a bit, you're not really sure what the identity of this team is, but what what is your thoughts about really having an identity and how important it
0: is? I think it's really important. I used to say, guys, when we go out there, it's going to be a street fight. I'm going to say, you follow me down the alley, and we're going to drive them right back the other end. I mean, I just wanted them to know that we're all together. I'm going to be at the point. I'm not going to be a general that's back on the hill with my binoculars, okay? I'm going to be right there with them. If necessary, I'll kick the ass of the head football coach of the other team before the game if he gives me any lip either. I mean, you don't say this publicly. But what you do is you have an attitude of who you are. And, you know, we'll bring our lunch, you bring your lunch. It's going to be an all-day fight type of thing. And, uh, you know, I I think attitude and confidence is just all part of playing a game or doing anything in business or anything. We're going to win. At the end product, we're gonna get this job, or we're gonna we're gonna build this building, or we're gonna do don't tell me what we're gonna do until after we did it type of attitude. And I used to say, guys, it's gonna be a street fight today. And you know, I'm betting on you. So let's go out there and get it on and get the hell out of here and get back to where we're from. That's just my attitude. And uh and and I think you have to have that type of attitude. These are just kids. They gotta rally around you they got to rally around the program they got to follow who you are and what you lead them to do and you really make yourself a bigger player and faster player and better player when you play every play and you believe in what the cause is
1: I think um to be fair to Clay Helton I think there's a I think he has a clear identity when he's speaking to the guys uh the faith in football and family and I it seems like a lot of the players you know buy into that as far as like you know being around the program and, and, and just the way Clay Helton runs things just, you know' this natural leadership the way he does that kind of stuff I think what what a lot of the fans want to see is that identity being on the field too where so I think there's probably two different things there. I, I think clay Helen does a good job and, and it seems like players are on board with his you know identity in the locker room and all that kind of stuff uh, It's more about hey what does this team want to do be you know go out and have a street fight or whatever it is on Saturdays?
0: Well i agree with you i i I love Clay Hilton as an individual he's the best one of the best pre i want my son to play for Kay, Clay Hilton I've told you this uh this is the type of person that cares about people and coaches and families he's a, a sincere guy this is him he's not the phony he's the real deal so uh i I think that uh, that he needs the additional help from within his staff to do some of the things that maybe his philosophy or his personality doesn't uh, uh, do. Uh, I worked for a very popular coach at one time, a, a Hall of Famer, and he his personality was not one to give pep talks. So he would look at me and uh, he would go out to talk to the officials and then I would take over. And the door would close and everybody would get out of the locker room except me and the players. And I'd sort of tell them what it's all about. And it worked. We didn't win every game, but we turned around a program that wasn't very good, and we had a winning season in one year. So, you know, there's different ways of communicating and understand what you can do well and what you expect someone else to take care of for you. In the days of John McKay, I would have to say it was John McKay, but I think Mark Goo sort of handled a lot of the, the things that were necessary on and off the field. But he was so respected for that. And I think there's got to be some type of person like that on your staff that you allow to assume that role as far as in a certain situation. So I think it's very, very important that that happens. Now, I don't know what's happening. I'm never in the locker room. I don't know what the whole thing's about. But I think, uh, and, and don't get me wrong, ladies and gentlemen, I, I like Clay Helton. I think he's a great person. But again, you got to have people surround you that aren't all the same like you.
1: Makes sense, Coach. All right. Well, that's a good, good question from Tarek, and we wanted to kind of get a little deeper on what USC, USC's identity is or was or is going to be. You can uh, email us or text us or leave a voicemail if you have any different thoughts or want us to talk a little bit more about it some other way. Uh, let us know. Um, we do have a few questions, too. Uh, Super Steve Mann from Seattle. That seems like an interesting name. He says, Guys – Did you see spring camp, or did you see at spring camp, if the quarterbacks lined up under center, pistol, or shotgun, who was best under center? Fight the hell on, Uh, Steve and Seattle.
0: Well, yeah, I saw them line up a couple times. I don't know if they just did that to do that. But they did line up under center a couple times, and I think it was in in the red zone or – It was down there in jumbo or or something like that. But I didn't see it. But that's not their philosophy to get under center. It's not 50-50. It'll never be 50-50. It'll be 99 to 1%. USC is not an under center guy or team. That's not their philosophy. They don't play that way. They don't have the confidence in it that way. And that's the way it's going to be. They're not going to change that, Okay. So uh, I- I've talked about it uh, uh, for a long time as far as what you need to do in certain situations by being under center, which are closer to the line you want to reach when you're under center. Uh, they've got under center, and they call it real hurry, where they hurry out of the offense, or they hurry to the line of scrimmage, after the ball for a quarterback sneak. But well, that's the most they plan on doing with that. I-, I haven't seen them really develop a philosophy in the spring or any other time. And that's me. I'm not at every practice like you are, Ryan. But I haven't really seen that commitment.
1: No, I agree with you. I think that's fair. There's there's more of a mix of shotgun and pistol, which I don't even notice half the time. But you're like, oh, yeah, that's, you know. Um, but much less. I think they probably ran more under center in the spring than they normally do or will do uh, in the fall. So we'll keep you updated on that. We have a uh, Bear Secutor. He said, I understand we lost Darnold and Wusu, Hawkins on defense, but we got Port Augustine back. And the rest of the defense – plus the defensive front, plus we had Marlon Pelotu, Jay Tefele, Jonathan Lockett, Amon Ross St. Brown, Teleno Hufunga, uh, Kawi Munga, uh, a world-class freshman group of DBs and linebackers. Nobody's expecting a team with an unproven quarterback and a head coach that still has to prove something to win the Natty. He means national championship. Uh, and the competition level of Pac-12 may once again keep the Pac-12 champs out of the playoffs. But there is no excuse for losing more than two games this year or not winning the Pac-12. Name me one team, not named Alabama, who will have more depth, talent, experience on the entire defense and offensive line or coaching continuity. As for the offense, this defense is more than good enough. If the offensive staff can just make the adjustments and get the personnel mix right, we should be expected to win the Pac-12. Anything less than this, absent huge injury issues, falls on the staff. Don't tell me you can't score enough points to win with this defense and weapons like Ware, Malpi, Vons, Pittman, Falo, Amator Bebe, just because you don't have Sam Darnold. Any good coach should be able to figure out a way to score enough points and not turn the ball over to win with this defense and this level of talent on offense. Woo! That's a mouthful from Bear Secutor.
0: Well, um, let me put it to you this way. It sounds good what he's saying, but it's not easy to accomplish. Everybody's trying to do that. Everybody that has a top-level program uh, is trying to accomplish exactly what you said. The names you mentioned certainly are great players, so it's not like the talent's not there. But you've got to do one play at a time, and you've got to win one game at a time, and you can't look to a national championship until, first of all, you win your first game, second game, third game. All you've got to do is ball game here and there, and then you're out of it. And, of course, uh, at USC, expectations are high, and they should be high, because you have an elite college football program. So uh, I think you're right on what you say as far as getting into the playoffs or getting into the national championship uh, game. And I think also that winning the Pac-12 South is is truly uh, something that they should be favored to do this year. I really believe that. I think that the Pac-12 South, will not be a strong division this year. I believe Utah will be the major competition. I think Utah is always a difficult team to win no matter where or play or whatever because of the physicality and maturity that they have. But I think both Arizona's programs are down. Arizona could beat you any time with Tate. And, of course, uh, you know, UCLA, I think, is going to struggle. You know, a lot of people might say to me, oh, how can you say that? Chip Kelly's there. Well, <clears throat> I'm going to say that, okay? Yeah, I I don't think they're going to be what everybody is is making them to be, okay? So we'll wait and see that and let it play out. I'm not wishing them bad luck or do I care. I want to see both of them be undefeated at the end of the year. But Pac-12 championship is something that USC should play for. But they ought to win the South first. In the Northern Division, they're going to have a lot of competition with Washington and Stanford. Oregon is certainly making a great run now in recruiting, and they're going to be a difficult team to play. USC doesn't have to play them or Washington, but they have to play Stanford at Stanford, and that's going to be a very difficult game. I don't care when you play it or where you play it at. So they've got a lot to accomplish before they get to talking about national championships, I'll tell you. And uh, player-wise, talent-wise, I think they have great talent. I think they need to perform that talent. I think the number one thing is getting that talent to play at the level that they've been expected to play at. And if they are the type of people, like we talk about the quarterbacks, I I talked about that earlier. I mean, uh, the three quarterbacks they have, how can you complain they're the quarterbacks they recruited to replace Sam Darnold? So it's not not on the kids. It's on getting these kids uh, to perform up to the level that you expected them to record, that you recruited them on to perform to win. So, uh That's where I'm at, that question. That question is everybody's trying to win, okay? It's just you got to be lucky and good, and a lot of things got to go your way.
1: Good stuff from Barrett Scooter. Yeah, I agree. I mean, a lot of good points he brought up. Um, I think Washington's going to be the favorite to win it all. Um, I think when the rankings, preseason rankings, probably people have Washington high, Stanford kind of in the middle, and USC towards the bottom of the top 25. Uh, Should be the favorite to win the South. I think, like like Coach, I agree, Utah uh, would be the biggest competition. But I think Arizona could be, too. I like They've got a pretty young defense. I like Kevin Sumlin. And Khalil Tate's the X-Factor. So we'll see. It should be it could be interesting. But USC should be the favorite in the South, at least. And uh, they
0: should beat Arizona. And when I say this, Ryan, really, they should beat Arizona. Who does Arizona beat on them as far as recruiting? Yeah. And Tate, they were blowing them out in the first half. It wasn't even a football game last year. And all of a sudden, the defense or whatever went to sleep and Tate started running the football around, and they came back to make it a, a decent game. In fact, they could have lost that game with a two-point conversion at yeah. the end. But why does that stuff happen? That stuff doesn't have to happen. You've got to cut the head off of your opponent. This is the way, I, you know, sometimes I talk, and you people don't like it because <laughs> you think I'm too bloody. But you've got to be able to put somebody away when you can. You want them coming across the field and shaking your hand and say, You know what? You guys are really good. Good luck when you
1: represent the Pac-12. All right, we got one last question from Don. He said, Kenichi Udese got a nice compliment. So that's USC's uh, defense uh, defensive line coach who played at USC under Pete Carroll. He said he got a nice compliment from Pete Carroll uh, when he said Rasheem Green appeared to be well-coached after watching his pass-rushing technique. So Green obviously got drafted in the third round by the Seattle Seahawks, so Pete Carroll was making a comment about that. Maybe Well that's
0: great. That's great he's saying that because yeah. you know, are he going to say? He hadn't been coached.
1: <laughs> we said maybe if uh, it was Pete just complimenting one of his former players, but since Pete was specific about why he thought Rasheem was well coached, uh, makes me believe Pete was sincere in his praise. Hopefully, this new group of defensive linemen will accept the coaching and approve as well as talented as they are. This could be a great defensive line. Can USC win with defense alone? Personally, I believe the offense will be fine by the third-slash-fourth game. JT's that good. Question is, so he's talking about JT Daniels, can the offensive coordinator and offensive coaches coach talented players? Other than Rojo, Ronald Jones, I can think think of any offensive player who has shown, I can't think of any offensive player who has shown uh, drastic improvement. So that's from Don. So kind of a similar theme to some of the other stuff, too.
0: Well, first of all, You know, uh, he has coached uh, Rasheed Green. Well, I wish he'd have stayed. I think he deserved uh, or needed another year, but he's gone and he's up there, and and I'm glad he's doing well, and I want to wish him the best of luck. I I just wish he was still at USC, as everyone does. As far as the defensive line is concerned, I think there's a lot of question marks there. You know, everybody keeps talking about all the personnel they have and this and that, but, you know, I want to see them play up to their ability. They're all five-star players, four-star players. You're a four-star and five-star player. You dominate on the defensive line. I don't know if I've seen that domination of what we're talking about. and I want to see it. I want to see it in practice. I want to see it in the the first game and the second game. I want to see them dare people to run at them. And uh, I think that's what when you play the defensive line, that's the attitude. I always wanted my defensive line coach uh, to feel like, please try to run the fall then we know where you're going to be when you pass the ball and we're going to have you looking at the sky. And, you know, you've got to have this type of uh, defensive motivation, and I think that uh, the defensive line coach has been an all-pro and he knows what he's doing, and uh, I hope he gets that attitude with them. But I haven't seen, and I'm not going to be negative, but I am, I guess. I want to see that defensive line live up to who they are. That means the hammer, not the nail. I want to see that type of competition in that defensive line where they do play up to their ability.
1: Yeah, I think USC fans do as well. And uh, it's a talented, deep group. This defense is deeper than I can remember for quite a while. They're players, and I think they're players that Clancy Pendergast will trust. You have to be in that circle of trust. You're not going to play. So I'm very curious to see how it ends up working. Um, but I do feel like there is a lot of dudes who can play that are going to be on this defense. How do they put it together? How do they perform as a unit? How are they rotated in and out? Uh, how is it, you know is the defensive line going to be the hammer not the nail? You lose a stud in Rasheem Green, but there's a lot of guys you know that are here. You know, and Marlon pelotu looked great before. We'll see. You know, he's coming back after getting injured last year. So there's there's a lot of positive things going on on the for the defense for USC coach so I'm just curious how it all kind of works together
0: I'd be more concerned about the corner play you know everybody keeps talking about the secondary being the best secondary around and the best they've had they've got great talent but I'm really uh I'm really concerned I want to see the corners play the type of corner play you should be playing at, at USC I want to see a player a corner going the first round I want to see a guy uh, you know, uh I want to see somebody get drafted that's playing in the secondary. I tell you, especially on the corner situation where you can then go after people and you don't worry about what's happening on the back end, though. Oh, my, pass interference. Oh, my, big play. No, I'm more concerned about the corner play as far as playing up to the ability that you expect on defense.
1: All right, Coach, great stuff. Talking about this team's identity, Uh, I love uh, kind of topics like that. If you have any more ideas, everyone out there, send them in, uh, let us know, tell us, me and Coach, you want us to talk about whatever, and uh, we'd love to do it. So good stuff today, Coach. Thanks again for coming on.
0: And thank you guys out there for giving us the questions. We appreciate it. And as Ryan and I always say, uh, hey, it's just our opinion, okay?
1: Right. It's just our opinion. You might think we're full of crap, but, you know, hey, this is what we do. (laughs) Um, But thanks again, Coach. And everyone else, thank you for tuning in to the Peristyle Podcast. Make sure you go to sctickets.com. Check them out if you need tickets for anything. Thanks again to the coach. I'm your host, Ryan Abraham, and we will talk to you next time. Tickets, tickets, tickets. SC Tickets is your concert, sports, and theater ticket source. We have the tickets you need to any event worldwide. Football tickets are now available. Call SC Tickets now at 1-800-888-7287, 1-800-888-7287, that's 1-800-888-7287, or visit us on the web at sctickets.com, SC Tickets, concert, sports, and theater.
0: You've been listening to the Peristyle Podcast, presented by uscfootball.com.